Good teams find a way to win those types of games. And the Devils scored three unanswered goals on the Islanders in period three to secure the victory. And now they're on a mini two-game win streak. And with as tight as the Metropolitan Division is uh, currently, the Devils really needed that. We have a lot to break down in today's post-game recap. Buckle up, everybody. Your Locked On Devils, your daily podcast on the New Jersey Devils. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi, this is Bryce Salvador, and you're Locked On Devils with Trey Matthews. All righty now, what is up, New Jersey? Welcome back to the Locked On Devils podcast here on Locked On Network. I'm your host, Kyle Chalky, play play announcer, Dells Rifle Plex of Pitchforks, and also part-time credential MIA member, Trey Matthews. This game, man, it just capped off as to what's been a very hectic day in the NHL. So first, we saw the reports that Corey Perry was essentially fired by the Chicago Blackhawks, apparently for some bad team conduct and no I don't believe the rumors for a second. I think there's something else, but people will just try to put all sorts of things out on the internet. And speaking of the Blackhawks, former Blackhawks legend Patrick Kane signed a one-year deal with the Detroit Red Wings. Imagine if I told you that like 10 or so years ago. Would any Blackhawks fans believe me? Because we all know Blackhawks, Red Wings, both Midwest teams, both original six teams, big rivalry between both those organizations and Patrick Kane, who solidified a great legacy with the Blackhawks, is now joining the the Red Wings. Obviously, he's on the other side of his better days. I don't really anticipate much from him, especially since he's in his mid-30s. He just had major hip surgery. But still, I I will congratulate Patrick Kane for latching onto a team. He's been at it for years. He's obviously one of the greatest players to ever play. But like I said, it's just been absolute chaos in the NHL. And this game between the New Jersey Devils and the New York Islanders was no exception because the Devils scored three unanswered goals on the Islanders in period three to win in regulation. So the Devils walked away with two points and the Islanders walked away with zilch zero. So in today's episode, to start off with segment one, I will give you guys my initial thoughts of the game because, yes, the game was exciting, but I think we need to highlight some other factors into it because I think it's quite clear that VTech Vancheck and his confidence is pretty much out the door. So until he regains that confidence and that trust in himself, I think Akira has to be the go-to guy going forward. And quite honestly, he should have started in the first place against the Islanders. Then in the second segment, I have a lot of players to highlight because I saw a lot of great things from a lot of different players. And obviously I'll do my three stars of the game. And then to round it all off, like I do with every post-game recap, I will compare the stats and give the Devils a letter grade. So my initial thoughts to the game. So the good news is you guys know that I am very passionate about the Devils. I love doing what I do. I love traveling to Prudential Center to cover the Devils. I love traveling to other NHL arenas to cover the Devils, which, by the way, I have something else in the works. And it involves me going to Seattle within a week or two. So just a little hint and keep your ears out. But anyway, I digress. 
you just know that I am passionate about the Devils. I absolutely love this team. I love how it's constructed. I love the assets on the roster. And remember a few weeks ago after the Devils had lost to the New York Rangers in heartbreaking fashion because they blew a lead yet again. And Jack Hughes told the media that good teams find a way to win those games and the Devils weren't really at that point yet. Well, I think it's safe to say the Devils found a way to win because they were down Four to two going into the final period of regulation. Obviously, they had some luck on their side, but they capitalized on the chances that were presented to them. And it seemed like they were able to regain that momentum, find that energy. And obviously, having your captain back into the lineup does wonders for you. But the point I'm trying to make is that I absolutely love the Devils. So what I'm about to say, it just comes from a place of love. I just got to be 100% honest. That was not the Devils' best performance because going into the game, my main talking point was do not regress. And unfortunately, I saw a lot of the mistakes that the Devils have been making throughout the course of this year. And we're about a quarter way done with the season. So the Devils still have bad defensive lapses. There's still miscommunication on defense. There's bad defensive coverage. The goaltending is a question mark. And it seems like anytime the Devils have some momentum going their way, they give it back to their opposition. And we saw that once again because the Devils took a two to one lead against the Islanders and the goals that they scored were very exciting. And it seemed like the Devils, especially at the Prudential Center, they should be running away with the game, right? No, because it was a short lived lead. And once again, the Devils had to try to claw their way back from a multi goal differential. And that's playing with fire, especially if you want to be a playoff team. So like I said, I'm not trying to be a Debbie Downer. I'm not trying to be negative. I'm not trying to basically bring down the, the hype or anything, but the facts are there. That was not the Devils' best outing, and a lot of the mistakes that they've been making throughout the course of the year, it was on full display in this game yet again. But I shouldn't be complaining because, like Jack Hughes said a few weeks ago, good teams find a way to win those types of games, and the Devils were able to win that type of game because they had the lead they lost it it seemed like all hope was lost but they clawed their way back and they won in regulation they walked away with the two points and the islanders have nothing to show for it despite having it in the palm of their hands so i really shouldn't be complaining about it because a win is a win but still i just had to point out some of the flaws i still saw in this game and i think a lot of you can agree with me in that regards now let's shift our focus to vtech vancheck and akira schmidt because Vitek Vancek allowed four goals on 18 shots, and he had to be subbed out for Akira Schmidt. So here's the thing. You can just see the look in Vitek's eyes. I think his confidence is completely shot. I don't know what else to do with Vitek other than I guess we have no choice but to make Akira Schmidt the starting goalie. And in fact, Akira should have started in this game because let's look at the pass outing for both respective players. So the last time that Akira Schmidt played in a game, was against the Columbus Blue Jackets, and the Devils came away on the losing end by a score of 2-1. to one. And then the very next day, Vitek Vancek, he got the start against the Buffalo Sabres. Devils won that game in dominating fashion, 7-2. to two. But here's the thing. Akira Schmidt, yes, he did lose his last outing, but, but it was a very close game, and the Dougie Hamilton had a couple of defensive lapses that didn't really help Akira. He was standing tall in between the pipes, and he was making those great A saves. He was always trying to keep his team in the, the game. He was giving his team chances to try to tie the game or take the lead. Like He was keeping the Devils in the game, whereas for Vitek Vanacek, he only saw 12 shots, and he allowed two to go past him. 
So the thing is, I get that they were power play goals for the Sabres, and it's not BTEC's fault that his team is shorthanded and they basically have a very crappy penalty kill, which we'll talk more about in a in a second. But the thing is, is like, still, seeing 12 shots and you allow two to go past you, that's a little concerning in my eyes. So that's my thing for BTEC, which was, I don't think he should have started in this game. I get that Lindy is just trying any way to shake off the rust from BTEC because he is still a good goalie. Like, I still see the potential. But like I said a few minutes ago, I talked about the Devils not regressing. And unfortunately, I'm not seeing any improvement from BTEC Vancheck, But I see some improvement from Akira Schmidt because, once again, it was a 4-2 deficit for the Devils. And Akira Schmidt had to come in relief. So he really couldn't allow any goals to go past him. And he made a few crucial saves that kept the Devils in the game once again. So in my opinion, I think Akira Schmidt should be the go-to guy for Devils from here on out until BTEC can regain his confidence because right now it's not working for him, Chief. So that's my thing. But when we look at some of the goals that were let up by BTEC, I'd say similar to what Cam Danico said, half of them weren't really on his shoulders. So the first one, the Bo Horvat one, that was on him. He was in perfect position to stop the puck and he allowed for it to go past him. And James Nichols of New Jersey Hockey Now, he put that out on the X app. So you can also take his word for it as well, which is if you look at the replay in super slow motion, you see that VTech was in a prime position to stop the puck. But that goal shouldn't have happened in the first place because the Devils shouldn't have been on the penalty kill because Dawson Mercer, he was assessed an interference call on Joe and it was a very questionable move because all Dawson did was put his arm out and then Peugeot just basically flopped like a fish. And honestly, I think Peugeot should have uh, served time for embellishment, but what do I know? That's why I'm not a referee. But looking at the replay, I'm just like, all Dawson did was just put his arm out and it wasn't even fully, fully extended. It wasn't even like he got full grasp of Peugeot. Peugeot just sold it a little bit. So Mercer, unfortunately, he got caught in an axe because Peugeot, he uh, basically sold it and the referees bought it. So it was just a clown show in that case. So uh, it was just insult to injury. So Mercer had to sit. Devils don't have a good PK. Horvat capitalizes on it, gets a power play goal. Islanders go up one to nothing. Now, the Barzell one, that was just bad luck. And Bryce Salvador broke it down during the telecast, which was if you look at the replay, Barzell basically just fell down to the ground. People forgot about him. He chugs his way down to the other side of the rink and he scores it with ease. So that Barzell one, it was a fluke and it was just a broken play that worked into the favor of the Islanders. So I don't think you could put that on VTech all that much, but the Clutterbuck one, he has to make that stop. He, he really has to, but the Peugeot one in which Peugeot got his first goal of the, the season. Once again, that was just bad defensive coverage by Dawson Mercer and Andre Pilat. Bad communication because neither one of them knew what to do. They didn't uh, come up to the left point as it looked on TV to try to smother the Islanders. Islanders see that they slide it down deep into their to their offensive end, into the slot, and there's a, a sliver of daylight, and the Islanders capitalize on it, and Peugeot scores. So that was not on Banachek. That was on the poor defensive execution, once again, by the Devils. Bad defensive coverage. And Jack Hughes acknowledged it post-game while he was being interviewed by Erica Walker because Hughes was the first star of the game. He said that they did not play well in front of VTech. So for any of you hoping that VTech might be traded away or released or whatever you hope 
it happens to him, I don't think it's going to happen anytime soon, especially if the superstar player is saying we didn't play in front a uh, good in front of him and that's on us. So yeah, I mean, it wasn't a good outing for VTech, but I'd say two of those four goals weren't really on him, but it goes back to what I say the past few episodes, which is you got to make those hard saves and VTech, he's just not making them like he used to last year. So that's my thing. For the sake of VTech's confidence, I'd say Akira Schmidt needs to be the starting goalie. So we're going to transfer over to some honorable mentions and also some star players momentarily. But before we continue, let me tell you guys about the Game Time app because I'm sure you want to see the Devils play up close and personal. So, Game Time app, here's some of its offers last minute ticket deals, flash deals, zone deals, easy to find and buy tickets for every kind of event in your area. Views from all seats in the venue, lowest price guaranteed, event cancellation protection, job loss protection, etc. Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the start of the event and even after an hour it starts. It's the place to find last minute seats, find exclusive flash deals and sponsor deals on tickets for football, hockey, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and more. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the code Locked On NHL for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code Locked On NHL for twenty dollars off. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Okay, let's talk about some players that deserve some recognition. So I wrote down a bunch of players and what they brought to the table. So like I do with every post-game recap, after a win, let's highlight some players that definitely deserve uh, their roses. So the first player that I want to acknowledge, and this is kind of cheating, but I'm going to conjoin three players into one, and that was the Andre Palat, Nico Heischer, and Jesper Bratline because they set the tone early. And I even put this out on social media. I said, is it me or does it look like the Devils are forechecking a lot better, at least early on, because as the game waned on, it seemed like they forechecked less and less and less, which is why the Islanders were able to find some of those openings. But digressing a little bit, the one thing I liked from that line was, once again, they were setting the tone early. They were playing fast. They were playing physical. And once again, I think it's with Nico Heischer being at the helm of it and being that great two-way player and also being that fantastic leader because I saw the Devils be aggressive from the opening face-off. And that's what I want to see going forward because it's one of the complaints that I've been having for the Devils, especially when Nico Heischer was out. It seemed like the Devils play with no heart, no determination, no passion. But yet when Heischer is back into the lineup, should it be a surprise to anyone that the Devils' execution is a lot better? It's a lot smoother. It's a lot cleaner. seems like there's a system in place, and it seems like the Devils are playing good on both sides of the rank. Well, defense is a bit of a question mark, but still, you get the point. I liked how Heischer and his line mates just set the tone, so I wanted to give them credit. So speaking of setting the tone and also playing uh, aggressive, let's talk about Alexander Holtz because going into this matchup prior to Jack Hughes scoring a goal, did you guys know? that uh, Jack Hughes and Alexander Holtz had the same amount of goals with six. Obviously, Hughes now has seven, but still, I don't think uh, we're talking enough about what Holtz has been bringing to the table this season because what I saw was that he was creating good looks for himself. He was definitely extending his body out a little bit more because he was playing on some lengthy shifts and Candanico acknowledged it on air, but still, he was playing fast. He was playing aggressive. He was looking for those great looks for himself. And on that Curtis Lazar game winner, I thought it was Holtz who batted on in and cleaned up the mess. But looking at the replay, once again, Holtz was in a good spot to try to knock it on in, but he didn't need to. And it went right past the goal line and Lazar walked home the hero. But still, I like the position that Holtz was in because 
he could have easily cleaned up the mess if Lazar had missed that puck. So the one thing I've been seeing from Holtz, especially these last few games, it seems like he's putting himself into a good position to succeed. And that's definitely what I want to look for going forward. Now, Michael McLeod, he had four goals total last season. And do you know how many goals he has after 20? Four. So Michael McLeod's offense is taking off a little bit more. And he scored the first goal for the Devils. And he started off at center ice. He chugged his way into the offensive end for the Devils. And he finished with one hell of a look. So Michael McLeod, he is a great two-way player. And he's definitely a solid asset on the bottom six. And I think Cam Danico said going into the season that Michael McLeod can become one of the best fourth-line centers in the entire league. And he's well on his way to do so. And I think more people are turning heads. So Michael McLeod, he bet on himself. And right now, he's cashing in. So I just love his aggressive nature already. But I like that his offense is also improving. Because once again, he had four total goals last season. After 20 games this season, he already has four. So he's already matched his season high from last year. Now, let's talk about Brendan Smith once again. Brendan Smith, I said it a couple episodes ago. But I got to say it again, whatever I said about you negatively, I take it back because he got an assist on Jack Hughes' goal. But that goal does not happen without Brandon Smith because Ilya Sorokin, the Devils had to earn every single goal they scored on him. All five of them, in fact, but Sorokin, once again, he was making it very difficult for them. It's not like the Devils dominated from start to finish offensively. They really had to work their way to try to find the back of net or if Sorokin made a mistake. They had to capitalize on those mistakes. But digressing, what I saw was that Jack Hughes, he got stoned by Sorokin on one possession. But keeping the offensive possession alive was Brendan Smith flying on in, corralling the rebound, being aggressive, using his big body to not get bullied. And he kept the offensive possession alive for the Devils. And as a result, Jack Hughes was able to score. And he got his seventh goal of the season. And Mercer also walked away with an assist on that possession. So... Brendan Smith was keeping that offensive possession alive for New Jersey. And that's what the Devils needed to try to uh, get back into the game because they were down four to two. They needed that big time goal. And it came from Jack Hughes. But that big time play does not happen without a big time effort from Brendan Smith. And also, Brendan Smith converted from a forward to a defenseman in this game because unfortunately, the Devils got hit with the injury bug once again. Dougie Hamilton, he did not suit up in the third period. Unfortunately, he's dealing with an upper body injury. That's all Lindy Ruff said. He said that Hamilton couldn't continue in the game. So I'll give you guys an update once I get more information on that matter. But still, he was playing good defensively as well. He was being aggressive. He was not slow. He was winning some of those 50-50 battles in the corner. I loved what I saw from Brendan Smith. And I know that's probably one of the reasons why Lindy Ruff doesn't scratch him because Brendan Smith is one of the few Devils players that plays aggressive from start to finish. And now this is the cherry on top. He sacrificed himself to get Anders Lee out of the game. So towards the end of period three, he and Anders Lee go toe to toe and Anders Lee walks away with a bloody nose and it's dripping all down on him, and he wants to act all tough and say, yeah, I'm a hockey player. I got into this fight, even though you got your butt kicked by Brendan Smith. So Brendan Smith, once again, being aggressive and just not afraid to throw his body around. But the one thing I liked is that, yes, Anders Lee, he's not really having the best season I'm sure he would like to have. 
but he's trying to give his team an energy boost. But the thing is, is that what's a bigger loss? Because once again, this happened late in period three. So both of them are going to be given fighting uh, penalties. So they were both given uh, five minutes for, for fighting. As a result, both of them head to the locker rooms early. They were ejected from the game because there was limited time left. But what's a bigger loss? Losing your captain or losing a player like Brendan Smith? Now, the thing is, is like I know Brendan Smith was good in this game, but I'm not saying Brendan Smith was is bad or anything, or at least not this episode. I'm just saying, like, what's a bigger loss for both respective teams? Brendan Smith for the Devils or Anders Lee for the Islanders? Because one is a captain and the other is a role player. So Brendan Smith, in my eyes, he sacrificed himself to basically shake up the Islanders a little bit. So Anders Lee heads to the showers early, and Cam Danico even said it on air, which is I'm sure the Devils will be glad not to see Anders Lee back onto the rink. So that's great for the Devils. That worked out really well for them. And that happened because of Brendan Smith. So I have to give Brendan Smith his credit. And now let's talk about the three stars of the game. So my third star, Curtis Lazar, from not suiting up in the previous game against the Buffalo Sabres due to injury to now having a multi-point performance because he got an assist early on on the Michael McLeod goal. So Michael McLeod with speed was maneuvering his way from center ice deep into the Devils uh, offensive end, but Curtis Lazar picked up the assist. So Curtis Lazar making an impact early and then obviously – he got the game-winning goal with 20 seconds remaining in the matchup. Now, here's the thing. That game-winning goal has so much meaning for the Devils because at first I was like, you know what? I don't mind if it goes into OT. Even if the Devils lose this game, they'll walk away with a point. They'll walk away with something. And I think that still can be somewhat significant for them. But then I looked at the Metropolitan Division standings. And at the time of this recording, the teams that are still ahead of the Devils are obviously the Rangers and Hurricanes, but Flyers, Capitals, and still the Islanders. So despite the, the Flyers losing their more recent matchup, they're still ahead of the Devils. Despite the Capitals and Islanders both being on two-game losing streaks, they are still ahead of the Devils. And the Devils are on a two-game win streak, and they're still one point behind the Capitals and also the Islanders. And the Penguins, they lost their more recent matchup, but they have 21 points on the docket. So I'm just like, the Metro is tight. You need to get those two points, and you need to make sure that the Islanders walk away with nothing. So that meant a lot. It, it meant way more than I think people are going to give credit for. And once again, Lazar, great job from injury to having a multi-point performance. And then the second star, Dawson Mercer. I felt like I didn't give him enough love in the previous episode. Uh, he was one of the uh, many goal scorers in the, in the last game against the Sabres, and now he is finished off with back-to-back -back games with a goal. And once again, he got an assist. So multi-point performance from Merce Dog. And similar to Alexander Holtz and similar to Michael McLeod, seems like Dawson Mercer is looking a lot more comfortable. He's playing with great speed. He's creating good looks for himself. And that two-on-one that he had with Jack Hughes in which he finished off a pretty dime from Jack, that was impressive to see. And, and that's what gave the Devils a two-to-one lead. And I thought that would be the momentum shift, but obviously – we know what happened, but still, that was impressive from Dawson Mercer. And then the first star, Jack the Truth Hughes, three-point performance. What more can I say from Jack Hughes? Um, he, he missed five games not too long ago, and now he's back to putting up some big-point performances for the Devils, especially helping them win these types of games. It was a, it was a, it was a struggle for the Devils, but they still got the job done. And it, it starts with their superstar players in Nico Heischer, 
setting the tone early with his line mates, and also Jack Hughes just having a multi-point performance, three points on the board. So if Jack Hughes can continue to do this, he'll have his name right back in the running for the Hart Trophy. Now, before we compare the stats and give the Devils a letter grade, let me tell you guys about eBay Motors. So passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. eBay Guaranteed Fit, only available to U.S. customers. Okay, let's compare the stats, give the Devils a letter grade, and let's get out of here. So once again, Devils came away with a 5-4 to four victory. When looking at the shots on goal category, 33-26 to 26 in favor of the Devils. They were peppering Sorokin, and they had to earn every single goal they got. So that was definitely a battle for them. Sorokin was stoning them at times. It seems like the Devils were always getting handcuffed by him, but still... They, they made it work. They scored five goals on Sorokin, and they had to in order to come away with this uh, victory. So I'm glad that the Devils, at least they were playing with speed because the difference between the Devils and the Islanders, Devils play with speed, Islanders, not so much. Face-off percentage, 58.5% to the Devils, 41.5% to the Islanders. Power play, and I think this was a big turning point for the Devils. Devils went one for four in their power play. Islanders went one for four. So we talked about the Horvat uh, power play goal, for, but let's talk about the Devils power play goal because this was interesting. So Jesper Bratt got called interference against Scott Mayfield. So Devils uh, go shorthanded, but not too long afterwards, like not even a minute, Matt Barzell, he was called for hooking against Kevin Ball. So that makes it four on four. But Simon Holstrom, he got a tripping against Jack Hughes. So that made it a four to three advantage in favor of the Devils. And it, they could potentially go on the five-on-three advantage at one point once Jesper Bratt checked back into the game. But no need because they scored on the power play relatively quickly thanks to Nico Heischer that tied the game almost halfway done with period three. So Heischer gets the power play goal. Barzell checks back into the game, but it's at the expense of giving up a power play goal. Then Jesper Bratt checks back into the game. Devils go back on the power play. So once again, four-on-three power play goal. For the Devils, that was impressive. That was crazy. And that was exactly what they needed. And that's what I talk about. Play to your strengths. And that's what the Devils did. They're they're the top team in the NHL in power play. Their penalty kill needs a lot of work, like a whole lot of work. But still, just, just playing to your strengths when it matters most, that's going to go a long way. But you still got to do well five on five. So that power play scenario for the Devils, it, it was just insane. It was just battling. And like I said, it's been hectic. It's been chaotic in the NHL today. And this game was just the icing on top of the cake. And then hits 20 to 18 in favor of the Devils. Blocks 22 to 5 in favor of the Islanders. So sometimes they were cutting off those shooting lanes for Devils and they were helping out Sorokin at times. But still, okay, if I had to give the Devils a letter grade, uh, I want to give them a B minus, but I'll be polite. I'll give them a B, a solid B, because. Once again, they did make some of the mistakes that we've been seeing all season. They got to work those out. But still, 
good teams find a way to muster out those victories, even during unprecedented times. So they got the job done. That's all I can say. Now they're on a mini two-game win streak, and they got two points. Islanders got nothing. So let me know what you guys think in the comments section. What did you think about this game in general? And who are some players that caught your eye? And what did you notice as it progressed? So once again, curious to your guys' thoughts. Leave a comment down below if you're watching on YouTube. If you're listening on podcast streaming service, hit me up on my personal X page app at TreyMat4 or the show's X page app at Locked On Devils. As for today's episode, that's all the time I have for you. So continue to stay safe. Have a wonderful day, New Jersey. Go Devils. I'll catch you guys in the next episode. Thanks for listening once again.